Welcome to the show. Major League Baseball has called up an ECU graduate to the big leagues. The first day of spring training was a kid in a candy shop. It's work, it's hard work, we do a lot of it, but it's a lot of fun and ultimately hopefully helping the Texas Rangers achieve levels we've never achieved before. But his position is probably one you won't expect. So I'm the first biomechanist to work for the Texas Rangers. Across Major League Baseball, the position and and this concept of of sports biomechanics is really starting to take off. I would guess we're close to about half of the league having some sort of set of now. The new wave of training seems to be paying off. I don't know what it's like to be a parent yet, but sometimes there are days where, you know, you feel like you really contributed. And, and, And honestly, like it's when you see them having fun doing well. I'm Rich Clindworth, and we're talking to the ECU PhD in the MLB, Dr. Chris Curran, in Season 2, Episode 16 of Talk Like a Pirate. We are joined now virtually by biomechanist Dr. Chris Curran, who is a member of ECU's classes of 2017 and 2020. He is now a member of Major League Baseball's Texas Rangers organization. He is also a co-founder of Alto Sports Performance, which is an integrated and data-driven approach to performance optimization for athletes of all levels. Dr. Curran, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Rich. It's great to be here. Appreciate you uh, inviting me to join you guys. Oh, absolutely. We're talking about baseball, one of my favorite subjects, so that was easy. Well, before we dive into what you do for the Texas Rangers and how you got there, you are officially the most long-distanced Talk Like a Pirate that we have spoken to to date uh, because, well, what's, what's nice is with being virtual right now, we can talk to anybody all over the world, but you are in Surprise, Arizona. What's it like out there today? Today, specifically, it is raining for the first time in two and a half months. Surprise! Um, and and by raining, I mean drizzling. Uh, it is very different from Eastern North Carolina, which in some ways was a welcome change, and in some ways uh, I do miss the weather. I miss going to the beach. Uh, there were definitely some, some really nice parts about living in North Carolina for the, the five years that we were there. We have not had to cancel plans because of rain since we moved to Arizona. I will say that, and that has been a welcome change. But 115 is hot. Oh, I'm sure. So you were a college pitcher during your undergraduate days at Grove City College in Pennsylvania. Back then, did you ever think that you would be a Texas Ranger? Uh, no, I'll be honest, I didn't. I had fleeting dreams of playing in Major League Baseball, but I really hadn't processed the thought of ever working in Major League Baseball. Uh, but in a lot of ways, the career I've found in terms of combining my love for baseball and then my My passion for research and science has really been a a dream come true, just perhaps a dream I didn't know how to articulate at the time. Well, what brought you to ECU from Pennsylvania? Uh, That's a great question. Um, So when I was pitching in high school, I injured my shoulder and was going through some rehab at the Cleveland Clinic and my return to play program. The physical therapist I was working with, Gary Calabrese, he took some video of me and then did a very basic video analysis, you know, just measured some angles on the video, measured some some distances and was kind of helping me understand how to stay healthy. And I was fascinated by it. And so I thought that was what physical therapy was. So I went to Grove City to study exercise science, thought I wanted to become a sports physical therapist. The following summer, 
did an internship at Cleveland Clinic realized physical therapy is a whole lot more than that and perhaps not what I wanted to do. And so I kind of kept searching and ultimately it was my senior year of college. I took a class called biomechanics. It was a lot of that. It was applying the physics of engineering, of really mechanical engineering and how things work to the human body. And I was fascinated by it. And it was what I had been looking for since I was a senior in high school. And so I immediately started just searching for sports biomechanics jobs and programs, trying to figure out what kind of was next for me. Now that I had figured out what it was called, there is an ECU lab in the Department of Kinesiology, the ECU Biomechanics Lab, uh, where they've done a good bit of sports work and found the website, contacted a couple of the faculty members, Patrick Ryder, who is now assistant chair of the Department of Kinesiology, reached back out and said, yeah, we were actually looking to do some baseball work. Why don't you come down and visit? And I was like, well, that's kind of far away. What if we hopped on a phone call? He said, no, 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 just come visit. You'll love it. Well, I think his ploy was it was January and I was in the snow. He brought me down to North Carolina in in January 2015 and we hit it off and then made my decision. I was going to get my master's at ECU and then proceeded to stay for my PhD. And it was a a great decision. Definitely helped launch my career. What's your uh, master's in then? What's the title of it? So my master's is a master's in kinesiology uh, with a concentration in biomechanics and motor control. And then your PhD? This one's a mouthful. I'll give you a fair warning. So the PhD program in the Department of Kinesiology is you receive a PhD in bioenergetics and exercise science with a concentration in biomechanics and motor control. So it's an awesome PhD program, but there's a lot of very uh, specific things you can focus in, whether it's over at the ECU Heart Center, over in Brody, or in kinesiology. And so they make sure to have very specific uh, concentrations. Excellent. So can you tell us a little bit about your research that you did here at ECU for your PhD? And I'm actually going to back up a little bit earlier than that and talk about my master's just a little bit. So when I came down to ECU, Patrick Ryder kind of proposed this this project where we were going to use a specific type of ultrasound to measure the ulnar collateral ligament in a bunch of baseball pitchers. And that was the coolest thing I had ever heard of. And I said, absolutely, you know, where do we start? But to rewind even a little bit before that, this actually starts uh, based off of some work by Dr. Zach Dumeyer in the biomechanics lab at ECU, who has used ultrasound elastography to measure the stiffness of soft tissues in the body. So not necessarily stiffness like you think, oh, I woke up and I'm feeling a little bit stiff today, but just actually how elastic are the soft tissues in the body. And he had done some work with sprinters and seen that perhaps a sprinter that went on to injure their hamstring actually had different properties in that hamstring that day. And so essentially this thought of, well, did we actually see an injury before it happened. And so for my master's, we worked with a lot of baseball pitchers and took images with the ultrasound machine every two weeks of their elbow and attempted to see some, perhaps like, were there going to be changes prior to seeing injuries? What was really cool is there were a number of things that we saw in that study that had never been seen before. For example, even just taking ultrasound elastography images of the UCL is something that had not previously been published. And so that was really exciting. We saw that there were differences between the throwing arm and the non-throwing arm in pitchers, something that's not necessarily hard to believe. It's a very one-sided movement and it's a very dynamic movement, but still something that hadn't really been reported or understood. And perhaps the most surprising thing was we measured 17 pitchers over the entire course of a season and none of them got hurt. They all stayed healthy, which if you're a baseball fan or follower, you understand is actually quite an accomplishment. That is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, for 17 pitchers. It is fantastic for the team uh, and for all the guys we worked with. They did really well, had a great season. Unfortunately, what that also meant is we didn't see any injuries before they happened because there weren't any injuries. So that was the one kind of downfall of that study, but we still 
laid the groundwork for a lot of really cool research going forward and really kind of got the ball rolling with, with baseball work in the ECU biomechanics lab. So then I was finishing my master's, was kind of considering going to a couple other places for my PhD, but really a lot of other places I would have had to restart a lot of research because everything I wanted to do, there, there really wasn't anybody else around the country doing. And so because of that, I decided to, to stay at ECU and just keep building and continuing working really with both Patrick Ryder and Dr. Jumeyer. He became my official advisor for my PhD. And so for my PhD, we expanded to now including the shoulder. And we looked at the elbow and the shoulder in pitchers. And we also looked at how they move and tried to understand are there relationships between the tissues themselves and then how the pitchers throw. So for anybody out there who has never seen biomechanics has no idea what it is the one piece of technology that is perhaps the most commonly thought of is what's referred to as 3d motion capture and if you've ever seen the behind the scenes of how they make video games like madden or fifa or movies like planet of the apes lord of the rings they use these little reflective dots that they put all over people and a lot of cameras all over the room that see these dots and then there's software that recreates the person's skeleton and the person's body from those dots well, we use the same technology in biomechanics, but we use it to understand how people are moving. And so what we did for my PhD was we paired up that motion capture side with the ultrasound in order to understand um, how the shoulder and the elbow change based on how pitchers throw. The fact that you had a baseball background, did that play into your understanding of what was going on or was that any of a benefit to have? Um, that's a great question. I think sometimes it does. And I think sometimes I also have to try to put that away, both throughout research and even in my career today, perhaps the area where it plays the biggest role is communicating with coaches and players. So something that we talk about a lot throughout my time at ECU and, and that I'm a really firm believer in is research is only as good as how much it's able to be applied, right? So if we make this great discovery, but we can't communicate it or we can't apply it in the real world, does it really matter? And so when you're trying to communicate with coaches and players, both in terms of recruiting them to participate in your research, telling them what you're going to do during the research and communicating your findings to them after the research, having that baseball background was really helpful just to be able to kind of not speak strictly research language to them. Um, so that part was really helpful. And then sometimes in terms of interpreting results, it can be helpful. When I say I also have to put it away sometimes, baseball is a sport that has been around for 150 years now and really likes doing things the same way just because that's how it's been done. And sometimes we have a lot of longstanding beliefs that maybe need to be challenged a little bit. And sometimes you have to look at things from outside the box perspective in order to do that. So I would say like it kind of goes both ways. The interesting part I will say about baseball's long history is that sometimes over the course of 150 years, you do figure some things out. So one kind of unique example of this, we used the ultrasound machine to look at some pitchers before they pitched and then for five days after. And we were just trying to understand how long it took the elbow to recover. And ironically enough, it took right around five days, which if you're a baseball fan, you understand most starting pitchers throw once every five days. So it kind of actually supported baseball tradition that our starting pitchers throw five days, maybe because that's actually how long it takes the body to recover. Do you have a moment when you realize that the major leagues were in your future? That's a fascinating question. <laughs> and I, I don't know that I had a moment um, I think it was a series of moments. So I'll be honest, most of my graduate, most of my time in graduate school, I didn't think that I wanted to pursue a career in professional baseball. Some of that was 
kind of some misconceived notions I had from a past internship. And some of it also was I do really enjoy teaching. That was perhaps one of the other really exciting things I got to do at ECU aside from my research. And so I was really looking quite hard at, at teaching and doing research at a, at a college or university. Then the further I got towards graduation, the more I started kind of interviewing, understanding a little bit more of the job layout, I realized that maybe there were some more open doors in baseball that I didn't understand, or, and honestly, probably five, 10 years ago, didn't exist. The role of a biomechanist in professional baseball is relatively new. I think that really helped to sway things. And then if there was an aha moment, we have a, a friend down in Birmingham, uh, Dr. Glenn Fleissig, who runs the American Sports Medicine Institute. And I did an internship there in 2017, and we worked a little bit with him when I was at ECU. And he reached out in December of 2019 because a different professional organization was looking for a team. I was just curious, like, when was I graduating? Was this something I had thought about or talked about? And I think that was the moment where my wife and I realized, like, this actually could be real and we should at least explore and understand the options. Um, and that was a pretty cool moment. I'll, I'll admit that. How many other people like you are in Major League Baseball? So, so that's a great question. And to be honest, that was perhaps the one interesting part about my job search is, so I'm the first biomechanist to work for the Texas Rangers. Because of that, I didn't necessarily have another biomechanist I was interviewing with or a senior biomechanist or anything like that. The two guys I report to, one is our manager of sports science, the other is our director of performance. And to their credit, they have put in a lot of time and effort to learn about biomechanics as this initiative has gotten off the ground. But that part was a little unique. Across Major League Baseball, the position and, and this concept of, of sports biomechanics is really starting to take off. I don't know for sure, but I would guess from, from some of my peers that I know that were close to 15 teams having some role like a biomechanist. Perhaps it's not always called that. A lot of times it can be called a sports science analyst or things like that. I would guess we're close to about half of the league having some sort of setup now. And the teams that may not have their own are working with companies that are doing things like this. And so some people out there may be familiar with a company called Driveline Baseball or ASMI, the lab I mentioned earlier. There's a lot of contract type positions that are also out there in, in baseball biomechanics. It's so cool, though, that you're on the the front lines of the, the new wave. Definitely been exciting. One of the things I'm the most excited about here at Texas Rangers, I have an opportunity, you know, alongside an awesome team of people to really help build a whole program here. Working from the ground up has been a blast. And like I said, the team that we have around us here is quite incredible to do that with. Well, we've been talking about the Rangers a bunch without talking about the Rangers. So what do you do for the Rangers? My role is to help with player development specifically. We help collect and analyze a variety of sports science data throughout the entire season. And we work with, with both pitchers and hitters. We work with our medical staff, both in terms of keeping guys healthy and then hoping helping them get healthy again after an unfortunate injury. And really we also work along uh, strength and conditioning, our applied sports science team. So really the role is, is very integrative across really what we refer to as the performance department here and taking a, a very holistic approach and understanding how to help these players develop. We, we think that we are building the Texas Rangers way here and that that's going to be cutting edge and, and really pushing the envelope in terms of biomechanics and player development. And so in terms of the, there is a little bit of secret sauce component to it, absolutely. At the same point, like I said earlier, like we're doing biomechanics and sports science and there are some similarities, often especially in the technology that, that the different teams are using. And in terms of whether it's a, a team or a, a research lab like ECU's, um, often the tools are the same. It's how you use them to build the house, if that makes sense. Um, they can be different. So what is a typical day like for you? 
Ah, well, that is a great question. Um, it depends a little bit on the time of year. So we're getting surprised at, at our spring training complex. Right now, we have a little bit lighter player load. We just have the players that are here for extended spring training and then those that are here for rehab. Any given day, it'll depend a little bit, but often there's some work with the players. Most of my work with the players is more from an observation standpoint, just kind of watching them, you know, maybe in the batting cages or out on the field having some conversations with the coaches about maybe what we're trying to accomplish. Is it a hitter that we're trying to get to hit more line drives or to hit the ball a little bit further? Is it a pitcher that we're trying to work on their curveball or their fastball? But then often a lot of it is right now for me is data processing and, and trying to analyze a lot of data that we collected in spring training and then plan for the kind of the next big batches of data we want to collect going forward. Back in spring training, when we had four times as many players here, it was very busy in terms of we were working hands-on with the players a lot more to try to collect a lot of information about these players before they left to go to their minor league or major league sites. So everything from just you know, how they move while they're pitching, how they move while they're hitting, to how strong they are, what's their range of motion, things like that. That was going to be my next question. What players or what level players do you work with, minor leaguers or major leaguers? Because since this is so new, if it's more working with the younger players to develop them into the ranger way, sort of like not teaching an old dog new tricks, which these ball players are 30 years old. Uh, they might be considered old for baseball, but they're certainly not old. We really work across the entire organization for sure. And I think that will only continue to, to build out as, as this grows. But across all of our sports science or performance initiatives, it really starts the younger levels, even as far as down in our Dominican Academy, all the way up through through the big leagues. And surprisingly enough, there definitely are young players that are hungry and that have kind of even grown up with some of this technology that are used to it. There are young players that aren't all in on it. And then there's also, there's, there's the 30 year olds that you write, maybe are even just like, you know, I'm not feeling the same as I did last year. Can you help me take a look at it? So there are guys really across all levels that are really hungry for it. And again, I think that really comes back to kind of your question about does the baseball background help? That's where being able to communicate this information is so critical because ultimately how we communicate it to a player, to a coach, to a front office member, that's the only way it can get used. So like that's the first and foremost important thing, but also that's where we help the players understand why we're looking at the things we're looking at and how it can help them on the field. So when you see a player who you've worked with have success in a game, what's that like? It's a lot of fun. I don't know what it is like to be a parent yet but sometimes there are days where you know you feel like you really contributed and, and, and honestly like it's when you see them having fun doing well i will say a lot of our players are, are really appreciative of all the work that, that they know goes in behind the scenes and so it can be really rewarding just to hear that back from them honestly a, a big part of it is on the player development side i think we're probably you know we're just building a foundation and some of this stuff just takes time and so i'm really excited to see you know two three four years down the road kind of what this has blossomed into in terms of, I think the, the skill on the field is going to reflect the work that has been done, not just in biomechanics, but across all player development here. Are you able to help a player throw harder or further by working with their mechanics or and building off that since you also work with hitters or even runners too, whenever they're base running, what have you? Can you help them go faster, harder? That's absolutely the goal. It's not Oftentimes, just injury prevention. No, no, it is definitely kind of a row in the boat with both oars, right? So we, we want to be performing at a higher level while staying healthy. Unfortunately, anytime you're, you're an elite athlete, like there's an injury risk. And that's, that's the reality that we face. So it's not even so much injury prevention as much as it is hopefully risk reduction. But at the end of the day, it's also about performing better. If, if I had 
you know, a team of pitchers in front of me and I said, I could help theoretical question. I could help you all throw five miles an hour faster, but there's a chance you might get hurt. Most of them are still going to take that chance. They're competitors. These are elite athletes. Like that's just part of it. That has been one area that's been a, a shift for me from my research time at ECU is so much of my research was focused around injury prevention. Whereas here, not that we've gotten away from that, but it has really added on the performance enhancement side of it. Let's say a shortstop or center fielder. Have you worked much with them to develop a better arm? Because now I'm seeing these real-time analytics, these guys thrown from the left side of the infield 95 miles per hour over to first base. I mean, to me, that's amazing. But of course, I haven't played in 20 years. Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think some of that is we're just measuring it better than we ever have. I mean, some of these guys have always had outstanding arms. Most people that are now playing position positions other than pitching were pitchers in high school, um, were shortstops in high school, because that's where you put your best athletes. And so I, I think that's a side of it. Definitely across any organization, the goal is for any player, like if you could throw the ball harder and more accurately, that's going to make you better on the field. What can you tell me about Alto Sports Performance? Yeah, Alto is a lot of fun. Alto came out of the pandemic, to be honest. When we knew that I wasn't going to be starting with the Rangers until the fall, one of my best friends and also an ECU graduate from class of 17, Daniel Kuhlman. Uh, Daniel is finishing his dissertation and his PhD at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. And he was a cross-country runner at the University of Memphis during undergrad. We have very different backgrounds, but also very similar interests in terms of just wanting to understand and the human body and how it moves and, and help other people understand it. And where Alto really came from was our desire to help communicate that information efficiently and effectively to athletes, coaches, and parents of all ages. We felt like the more we learned about biomechanics, both biomechanics and data analytics, the more I wish this stuff was available when I was younger. These days, you know, when I'm doing research, whether it was at ECU or here with the Rangers, you know, I'm digging into these academic research papers that to be honest are hard to understand for someone who's not a biomechanist, but also they're actually really not available. Even if you were a parent and you wanted to learn, they cost 30 to $40 to rent one for 24 hours. And the reality was just like, this is kind of lame that we have all this research and all this knowledge out here that we're not communicating to the average parent and coach and player. And so that's part of our, our mission about. So the other side is to work, we work as consultants helping teams and players up with unique ways to work with the technology they already have, um, but to better understand how to implement it. Really, our goal is just to allow people to elevate whatever they already have access to. What do you think your baseball career as a player would have been like had you had this knowledge and technology back then? Um, I don't know. There certainly are aspects I probably would have done differently, but there's also some aspects that I'm not sure as a stubborn teenager, I would have listened to. Um, And so I I think that's one aspect of it. But I think the number one piece is just simply objective data. And that really going back, going all the way back to the beginning and my story of the Cleveland Clinic, that was the groundbreaking thing for me with biomechanics was all of a sudden it was objective. All of a sudden it was, I could measure improvement and I could measure improvement on video from one week to the next, to the next, as I got healthier again. And that blew my mind. And I don't know why that blew my mind, but it did. Um, And it was just so different for me than a coach or a parent saying, hey, I think that looks better than last time. And because then you didn't questions of how much better and was it in the direction I wanted it to go. And there's just so many areas you can go here. And so I think that's the number one area where it would have been different for me. And, And these days there's technology available that wasn't available 10 years ago. And so the ability to measure my swing or measure, you know, my pitching velocity and, 
and the way I threw a curveball and did it get better? I think those are the areas where I probably could have seen some improvement, but then I would have also had to figure out as a teenager, what do I do with all this data? And that's really where, where Daniel and I try to come in with Alto and, and provide a little bit of direction is here's how we can help you guys understand yourself. So you can find us at altosportsperformance.com. That's A-L-T-O sportsperformance.com. Our website is going through a little bit of a rebuild right now, but uh, coming this fall, you should be able to contact us there for for any questions or comments. Um, And we also have some information there just about different technologies and different sports and how biomechanics and sports science is really evolving. Do you pinch yourself whenever you put on that Rangers hat? Oh yeah, absolutely. The first day of spring training was a kid in a candy shop feeling it's work it's hard work we do a lot of it but it's a lot of fun and like we talked about earlier the end goal ultimately is is helping our players achieve levels they've never achieved before ultimately hopefully helping the texas rangers achieve levels we've never achieved before it's hard to describe really kind of like what it's like because you also try not to get caught caught up in it um I'm not a player. My skill never let me reach this level. That's okay. I'm still around baseball, and now I'm I'm helping out in an entirely different way, and, and it's just a lot of fun every day. Final thoughts? I think kind of kind of two things, and they, and they go hand in hand. Uh, the first is I often get the question, how did I go to school for that long? Because in reality, I went to college for nine years. Four years of undergrad, two of a master's, and three of a PhD. I never tried to look at it that way. Certainly, there were days where I felt like I was in school forever. This comment actually came excuse me, from one of my undergrad professors, where you have to look at like, what was the goal? And for me, initially the goal was teaching and doing research. And then it transitioned more towards being able to run my own research lab and really kind of have a directing hand in research. Okay. So if that's the goal, then what does it take to do that? And the answer for that question very simply was a PhD. And so as long as that was the goal, then I just looked at it as like, if that's what it takes, I don't get to make that decision. So I'm just going to go do the best I can with it. And so I just want to encourage people. I know grad school can be really daunting, but if you have goals and it takes grad school to do that, just jump right in, find the right program, find the right faculty to work with and chase the thing that you're excited about. Part of the other reason that grad school flew by for me, even though it was five years long, is I was studying the one thing that I really wanted to study. And that was baseball biomechanics. Um, So I think that's the first thing. The other thing is if you're not sure what you want to do, go do an internship. I kind of fast forwarded through my undergrad years, but I did four different internships each summer because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do because I wasn't sure that it was called biomechanics. And it took me until my senior year to learn that's what it was called. So I say that just to say like, go get hands on for a little bit, do it early. A lot of undergrad programs don't require that till you're a junior or senior, Uh, go do it early because you can figure out early whether or not it's what you want to do. Secondly, if you want to intern in professional sports, potentially in baseball biomechanics, feel free to reach out and contact me. Um, we will be looking for interns and uh, more than happy to help point people in the right direction. Dr. Chris Curran, ECU graduate, biomechanist with the Texas Rangers Baseball Club and co-founder of Alto Sports Performance. Thank you so very much for taking your time today to speak with us on Talk Like a Pirate. Absolutely, Rich. Thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for season two, episode 16 of Talk Like a Pirate. We hope you enjoyed all the baseball talk. As we learned, times are changing and there's opportunity in that. As always, thank you so much for taking your time to listen to us. Until the next time, please stay safe and healthy. And don't forget, always be yourself unless you can be a pirate. Then always be a pirate.